this is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Brian Gross of BSG Public Relations. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website at adultsitebroker.com. We've added some enhancements to the site, such as FAQs and a complete new platform. The look and feel of the new site are nice and up to date. The new site also has links to our marketplace and affiliate program. Plus, don't forget ASB Marketplace, the first platform where you can buy and sell adult sites and domains for free. ASB Marketplace allows buyers and sellers the chance to come together on properties that are valued below our company's minimum of $50,000. Don't pay for other marketplaces when ASB Marketplace gives you this service for free. Visit ASBMarketplace.com and sign up as a seller or a buyer today. And, of course, there's ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage where you can earn as much as 20% of our broker commission referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a tube site that has full-length BDSM videos for free. The site is built on WordPress and is three years old. They're currently the only free tube providing premium BDSM videos. They regularly add user requests and user-provided content after moderation. The owner started the site out of frustration because there was nothing else out there like it and he wanted to visit such a site. It soon became popular on Reddit and business soared. The owner has decided to move into other ventures outside the adult industry. The site's visitors come back again and again due to its uniqueness. They have over 13,000 premium videos, and most of them are 30 minutes or longer. With more videos and categories, the site can do even better. Most of the traffic is from Tier 1 countries. There is no advertising for the site. All of the traffic is either type-in or from SEO. This is a great opportunity for someone with existing traffic. Only $359,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Brian Gross of BSG Public Relations. Brian, thanks for being back with us again today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Is this a returning champion? Is this a yeah? Know, well, you know, I that? said that I said that to somebody, our returning champion, and they obviously they weren't a uh, they weren't a viewer of the show. So, oh, uh, my yeah, yeah, I had Travesty. to. I had to explain it to them. I know, I know. Every, oh, everybody should watch Bill Maher. My God, <laughs> come on, come okay, on. Okay, okay. Well, let me tell How everybody. You doing? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. good. You know, it's, it's great to be in Thailand. It's uh, so uh, it's, it's it's funny you say that because someone literally I said, "Oh, I'm 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 uh, it's eight o'clock here. They're in Thailand, and they mm-hmm. go, uh, we need to know the COVID situation because we need to plan our trip. Uh, you need to ask.' And that's not even my first official question. But since you brought that up, All right. what is All right. the situation? Well, before we'll I give your first. bio, man, you're screwing up my format. <laughs> before I, yeah, he's getting. We're me gonna good. make this entertaining. He's getting, he's getting me good today. Well, it is entertaining. Damn it. Um, you know, the COVID situation's kind of iffy. It's been bad for a while. That's a fourth wave. And we're, mm-hmm. um, hmm, let's just say it's stable at the moment if you believe what the government tells you, but I don't really mm-hmm. believe everything they tell us. It's oh, just kind of falling a little too into place for my purposes. Um, they're only going to allow, starting in five, six days, they're only going to allow vaccinated tourists from 40-something countries mm-hmm. um, in, America yeah. included. And yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. But, um, you know, they are vaccinating people with Good. what they call vaccines here. They are starting to get some Pfizer and Moderna, but 
the other crap they use I wouldn't trust. Okay. So anyway, most most of it's at AstraZeneca, but they've also used that Chinese one. So hopefully that answers your question. That now does. can I do I, your now can I do your bio since you're setting the rules today? Yes, please. Yes, please. Is this like new rules? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay. And For those who don't watch Bill Maher, I won't say what that is. Okay. So Brian is president of BSG Public Relations. He's been in the service of media and PR for over 27 years. Brian's been employed by companies such as Deaf American Recordings, Warner Brothers Records, Reprise Records, Electra Entertainment Group, Vivid Entertainment Group, and such. Uh, he's been uh, employed by the Lollapalooza Tour. Brian was executive producer for Re- Reality X, The Search for Adam and Eve. His background includes all facets of public and media relations, working with some of the largest businesses, celebrities, and music acts in the world. Um, and uh, I'm still waiting to get some of those people on my podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint. I know okay. you are. I know. <laughs> so, well, you know what? You have a question for me. <laughs> all right. Because this, this conversation uh, got postponed, was postponed a few times uh, for very specific reasons. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the question is this. Yes. Is, and, and mind you, it's a question. Any question I ever ask is a mm. question I would answer myself, right? So I know my answer of course. to this question yeah. and I can explain it so on and so forth. Sure, sure, sure. So the question is, if you had to choose mm-hmm. and you can pick one out of mm. three. Uh, of how or, or what what series your beloved team would lose in mm. if it was going to be the ds mm-hmm. the cs okay. or the ws yeah which is Ooh. the series you would choose now well, it's going to happen t- which is the series that is least painful for you yeah 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 that's hard uh, and and let me let me explain to everybody that Brian's a Dodger fan, and I was going to ask him about this, by the way, um, <laughs> because uh, we record this October twenty sixth. It's not going to run for for a bit, and uh, and it'll be coming up on the Super Bowl maybe by the time it runs. And it, um, I'm a Giants fan. He's a Dodger fan. Obviously, the two teams are bitter rivals, and that goes back a couple hundred years, I think. One hundred thirty years. Yeah, crazy. And um, we just, for those who don't know, we just had an incredible season. Both teams, Giants, 107 wins, Dodgers, 106 wins. Oh, it was uh, it was crazy. Then we went to the division series, and they beat us three games to two. Um, and painful. Got to tell you though, I walked away hating the Dodgers a lot less, uh, respecting the Dodgers a lot more, and. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it kind of ruined me because I'm not sure I can ever really hate the Dodgers again. Um, kind of sucks because I've hated the Dodgers since I was a little boy. Um, <laughs> but to answer your question, I don't know. That's a hard one, man. Probably division series. Okay. But losing to the team we did obviously hurts more. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you something else. I think the two teams, and now the Dodgers just went out in the, in the championship series, uh, National League championship series, I... I think the two teams absolutely wore each other out. And if you want my opinion, our series was the World Series. So my answer is the CS because, and and to, to your point, I felt two things. A, once we beat the Giants, I, I don't, a true Angelino, yeah, you want the World Series, but this is one of the most underrated unwatched rivalries in the oh. history of sports. It's yes. 130 years old. Yes. It covers two coasts. It started on one mm-hmm. coast, mm-hmm. which I don't know about your parentals, but my, you know, my father and his family were Brooklyn Dodger fans, hmm. you know, came wow. West, cool. you know, the whole nine, right? I've got like old... There were a lot like you. There were a lot like you. Yeah. The, and so Al I have old... Al Michaels family did that. Yeah, so I have old Brooklyn Dodger programs mm-hmm. in in storage, stuff oh, like wow. that, and that's cool. And so I grew up a Dodger fan, right? And you sure grow you up did. hating sure the, you the hated ones, and you yeah. on your end grow right. up hating. Them. So so it's a it's a big so the Dodgers, yeah, these two teams beat each other up, and honestly, when the series ended, was it two nights ago now, whatever? Hmm. Uh, I felt a sense of relief. I was like, okay, I did too, because 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 here's the th- well, of course, but here's the thing. So so we beat. You know, and 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 we can go into the whole sixty game and what last mm. season was and blah blah yeah. blah. I get yeah. it, and I've seen all the memes and mm. they're hysterical. Right. But 
the Braves wanted this one. They wanted it more. It was no sure. question. And and I'm never, ever going to use the quote-unquote injury bug as an excuse. You can't. Injury is a part of sport. And yep. I've never been – anyone who – any fan base, any person that starts going into injuries. The Braves had one of the best players in baseball taken off their roster yeah, you know, yeah, in, in yeah. Yeah, they June. Did. So I mean, forget the you know, the Max Muncy injury was was freak. Uh, you had you know it's a part of sports. Yeah, it's it the way it goes. The Braves wanted it more, in my opinion, and they're <laughs> there, and they're a great baseball team. And frankly, now I'm of the opinion of if you're a fan of sports and sort of the morality of sport oh, and the cleanliness, you got to root for the Braves. My God, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, my God. I mean, I don't like the thought. And of course, the best I is... Resent, I resent what the Astros did to you guys because I'm a baseball fan. Yeah. And got a slap on the wrist. Uh, not An even. Absolute slap not on the wrist. Even. No, Astros, Astros are dirt, man. Astros are absolute yeah. dirt. And you know what's painful about this whole thing? And it's painful, by the way, for both of us. Mm. Look at their manager. Who's their manager? Yeah, I'd, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a Dusty Baker fan. Really? I've been a Dusty Baker fan since he left San Francisco. Um, mm. The way he left wasn't good. I won't get into the specifics because yeah. it probably won't sound good. But because uh, I try to be as PC as possible on this podcast. <laughs> you got me at uh, eight o'clock at night. My PC button might be out the window. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm not a Dusty fan, so I yeah. can't. There's and, nothing and about f- that team that makes me root for them. In fact, if if anything, I'd root against them because of him. So anyway. But And I grew up, one of my childhood memories was Dusty mm-hmm. Baker hitting a game-winning home run in, in the yeah. early 80s when I was a kid, and, yeah. and Dusty Baker being that sort of person. So when he mm-hmm. started jumping around, and of course he goes and is a manager of the Giants, and then D.C., and then takes the job in Houston. Yeah, it was terrible. And my mind just went to like, are, are you bored? Do you not? Dusty, no, is your marriage no, not horrible? No, he was desperate. He was desperate. He was that's desperate. Horrible. And that's yeah, not yeah, how you yeah. want to remember someone like you don't want to think right. of them like that. Right. And and well, and now he's taking a team that obviously had skill players. Sure. They've got the players. They made they it do. work. Yeah. You know, they beat quality teams. It's that, a great team. You know, it's a great know? team, but I can't I can't root for them because of what oh, they did God, a few no. years ago. Absolutely not. I never Absolutely will. Not. I never will. I'll always hate that franchise. Always hate yeah. that franchise. And 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 they got lucky. They got lucky because the year off of that. They come back during the pandemic. They there was no, mm-hmm. one to, no they, they, the yeah, razzing no they got. Yeah. There was not even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so no, I get it. I get it. Now they they skated, man. They skated. Yeah. Oh, so goodness I get to gracious. turn off. You know, folk. You well, you, your Niners are a problem. My Raiders are actually decent now that we got rid of the coach. So yeah. it's uh, you know, it's the beautiful <laughs> sports calendar. You know, I'll tell you this much though. Feels nice to have the sports calendar back. You know, feels yeah. nice to have the normalcy of. The hey, sports maybe, calendar. Hey, maybe you and I should be doing a podcast sports talk with uh, Brian and Bruce. What do you think, man? <laughs> yeah, at some point. Yeah. I'm yeah. mad at that. I can talk. Yeah. I didn't know uh, you were as into it as you are. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, as, the, a, I, as am I. As am well, I. Well, I'll tell you the, the greatest moment of my life, hands down. And I've got mm. the ticket stub and the program, which is signed by a few players. I'm staring at it on my wall. Is uh, game one, 1988. Wow. Uh, the... My friend in eighth grade started eighth grade, and mm-hmm. my friend's uncle uh, was Tim Leary, not the LSD mm-hmm. one, but the pitcher <laughs> for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And we all got tickets to go to the World Series oh, game one. And wow. I, I was there when Kirk hit the home run. We did oh, not leave early, yeah. which is a great story because years later, I met Mickey Hatcher at a restaurant in Orange County. Hmm. And I go up to him and I'm like, oh my God, blah, blah. I'm like, by the way, I was at game one. And without even blinking, he goes, did you leave? I'm like, it's not me. I'm not the head. I'm not the right. brake lights. Yeah. I'm not the brake lights, Mickey. And uh, he oh, laughed. Oh, it's you. Yeah, oh, you're the one. Oh, you're the one. Okay. <laughs> I think yeah. they never found those people. You know, if, yeah, right. and for, yeah, they were for those all listening, there. Of course they were. You know, there's there's an incredible shot of when the ball leaves the park off of Kirk Gibson's bat of a of a car leaving past the Unical station and center right and all of a sudden you see the brake lights go on because they they're obviously listening on the radio and they decided as most la people do try and get out before the traffic so that's my number one i still i still love vince scully's call i was rooting hard for the a's being a bay area guy but uh it was it was it was it was absolutely crushing for me but uh 
that was a that was an overachieving team that uh, did a great job. And well, it was it's a interesting. Long time after that, before you guys won another one, man. Oh, thank thirty-two years. We're very aware, and obviously, a certain city loves to throw an asterisk on our on our win last year. But what's Who's very that? interesting? Who's that? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> but but it's interesting. But you bring up the overachieving this and that. You think about you know Giants win one hundred and seven. <laughs> you know lose. But think about that's the thing about baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Throw it once the playoffs start. It's really that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. You can win a. You know, I remember when the Mariners. What did they win? One hundred eight in like two thousand one or two thousand two. Yeah, something crazy. I, was like, were, I think it was like one twelve or something. I think anyway. it was and eliminated like that. Yep. Done. Yep. And it's one. It's a sport unlike any other. Where yeah, it's a long season. It's grueling. Mm-hmm. But once those playoffs start, it is literally about where you are there. Where's your pitching mm-hmm. and who's hitting? Because right. we have seen. It's been pretty remarkable to see. Well, you know, Cody Bellinger couldn't hit a baseball to save his life the whole season. Batted well, and then he's the star. Then he's the star and, along with Taylor. And then yeah. figured it out, you know, in the playoffs and stepped up. And on the other end, Justin Turner, who's a remarkable, but couldn't figure it out. During the, so yeah. you have these, you have these peaks and valleys, and you have yep. these unknowns once yeah. once yeah. baseball playoffs start. And it's the crazy. thing about this World Series and and most World Series is as much as it comes down to pitching and hitting. It actually comes out of defense because you have witnessed in World Series in the moment so many teams just befuddle themselves mm. when they get, you know, I, I can remember certain playoffs over the last few decades where uh, the the basic pitcher throw uh, from from to first off of mm-hmm. a bunt or off a, a short hit goes wayward into the stands. So yeah, yeah. it's I, I would not be surprised when they, you know, when this series gets started that you'll see key mistakes oh, on the field that affect who winds up winning the series. It'll be a lot be really of pressure. A lot of pressure. And uh what the Giants are really looking forward to to welcoming Chris Taylor next year in orange and black just to let ah, you know. Oh, wow. So uh wow. so anyway, now just note. No, you just just be aware. Just it's it's been spoken, and just remember uh-huh. who told you. Okay, uh, so I've, I've heard um, it. All right, let's jump. Let's jump into uh, sure. into the my questions. So yeah. it's been a while since we last talked. What's been happening with your business? Well, I mean, I'm busy as ever. I'm great. Clients are great, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I was thinking about it today. It's like, what's what's a point that I would bring up about this industry as a whole? And when I say this industry. It's a whole umbrella under the you know adult entertainment industry, and that yeah. covers a lot of things. Sure, and and obviously we had the OnlyFans debacle uh, <laughs> end of August that bled you know for a good few weeks, and um, concern about it in October. And now we're at the end of October and moving on into the rest of the year. And I just feel like if you're in this industry and you're you're working hard, you know, if you're putting in the effort and you're doing your job. And you're looking out whether it's for you or your company or your clients or whoever it is, you should be doing well. Oh, yeah. You should be in a great place right now mm-hmm. because the businesses, all of them within the industry are thriving. Everyone's busy. If you're dealing with product, you might have supply chain stuff going on. I have clientele in, in adult novelty, and that's mm-hmm. not a stress right now, but it's a concern. It exists, but companies oh, yeah. are, are getting through that. But sure. anything on the internet, uh, talent, you know, it, it's, it's, if you're not doing well, you're, you need to look in the mirror. And, yeah, and someone could listen to that and, and call me on it and say I'm wrong or you don't know, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. It's not a, I'm not throwing this 100%, but I'm saying no. the majority of people right now in adult uh-huh. that I speak to, that you speak to, yeah. are doing well. Yes. They're busy. They're making money. They're, they're growing their businesses and they're thriving and they're yes. taking, you know, and they're, and, but they're working hard. You know, yeah. this isn't easy right now. It never, you know, it, it isn't, but there's less, there, there isn't government concern, right? Mm-hmm. There isn't prosecution concerns. Right. Um, the, there are the things that used to be big concerns aren't right now. Yeah. So it's opportunity to be taking advantage of an industry that's small, Right now, I would say that there's less actual production companies than ever before. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there there are people that you and I know that are no longer in the business. Sure. They've gone on to other industries. So if you're in this and you've got it, if you've got it together, there really isn't much of an excuse that you shouldn't be doing well. 
That's true. And that's, that's across the board. And, and for me, my clients are all busy. They're all doing well. They all have a lot going on. And so it's just a constant discussion of how we're growing their businesses, how we're getting them media, how, what, what are we doing to, you know, increase their, you know, their reach, you know, their mm-hmm. brand reach and their, and their sales and whatnot. So it's, you know, that's the one thing, because the one thing about this industry that I always stress is something's going to happen. There's always a, a bump in the road. There's, oh, sure. there's always sure. people that want to take us down. There's always a group, a government, a so on and so forth. Yeah. So when things are good, you have to enjoy them because they're not forever. Yeah, and yeah. you will have challenges and there will be points where you will have to look in the mirror and be like, all right, what's going on? How do I you know, what am I doing? How do I improve the the state I'm in? How do I improve the state for the people around me? But yeah. right now, uh, as we head into the new year and, and, and so on, um, you, you should be in a good place yeah. and you should be seeing the growth that, that you've expected. And when those things happen, obviously, uh, public relations uh, definitely comes into it in a serious way. Yeah. I mean, it's, for me, it's, it's constant contact with media and, and other entities as far as how do I, you know, extend, you know, the, the brand reach and, and everything that goes with my clients and what they're looking to accomplish. So, um, you know, those are daily conversations and, you know, meetings and, and whatnot that, that take place. But to, to that point, yeah, I mean, there's more media that are interested in covering this. Certainly the OnlyFans debacle created such a massive media, you know, storm that uh, it got more people interested in the industry. I think most of the people that wrote about adult actually did their homework, you know, yeah. and wrote about what was going on. They didn't Agreed. write about it blindly. Yeah. They didn't write about it with like, uh, you know, with um, prejudgment. You know, if you looked at a lot of the articles, it was like, why is this company doing this? So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't, uh, you think about it, a company spoke about making a change to their company and the media responded with, Whoa! Why are you doing that? That yeah. seems that seems not like your business. What's what's your reasoning? Yeah, and uh, and that was that was a very you've you've seen the tide turn in that part as far as sort of an acceptance of adult media and adult content. Yeah, and when something happens with uh, with a, an OnlyFans or a Pornhub, which which also went through quite a fiasco with the the processing and the whole thing up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and not only that, but the big, uh, New York times hit, uh, two, two pronged hit job by, um, the writer whose name will go unmentioned. Mm-hmm. It, it creates opportunities for other clients, right? Absolutely. I mean, the, I've always looked at anything as opportunity. So you can dwell on the negative of whatever takes place, or you can look at what is taking place and how you can make it beneficial to your needs or to yeah. what you have going on. Uh, sitting and sulking isn't going to do anything. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's about taking advantage. And we haven't even talked about the crypto aspect too, because obviously that's right. only going to increase the NFTs, crypto markets and, and whatnot are bringing more opportunities. You know, I have a couple crypto clients in the space as well. So it's, you're seeing growth uh, in that regard. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the things that are, that are giving opportunity uh, people are jumping in and figuring out how to how to work with, and I, I think it's really exciting. So, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, about crypto and NFTs? It certainly is uh, is I think in its infancy, um, and it 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 seems to be starting to take off. Uh, I agree. You know, the funny thing going back to baseball is there's a there's a battle, and and you might know more than I do about this, and I'm certainly doing my research. But there's a battle in the NFT and the baseball card market, and you're going <laughs> to see that continue. There's stories with with sports cards, baseball cards, different things, and the NFT world where you know valuations are starting to come into play. Uh, hmm. On the adult end, you have talent creating NFTs, doing deals with different companies, right. uh, and 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 the like, and and getting involved in the cryptocurrencies as well, hmm. uh, and promoting. And so, and the underlying thing with that is sort of the acceptance. You know, um, you know, back in the day, or whenever you might say, uh, if a if a quote unquote porn star was involved with something. You know, it might be risque. It might be looked at in a certain light, uh, and, and sometimes either a negative light or mm-hmm. an ultra cool light. Now right. it's just a more accepting light. 
You know, yes. now it's more a, hey, you know, we've got this person who has this amount of followers and create, you know, creates this kind of content and this is their brand, making a certain number of NFTs, doing a deal with an NFT company or getting involved with a crypto company and promoting crypto. So hmm. uh, it's, it's, you know, and then you've got the sort of underbelly of people and companies involved in the crypto market that just see opportunities. So, yeah. um, and then, and then obviously when someone like Elon Musk is shouting out cryptos, different, different coins, right. you know, it, it's a game changer. So it's far beyond the, Ooh, that's a porn star. Ooh, that's, you know, that's dirty. It's far beyond that. We've, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's, that's left, uh, that's, in some, that's been left in behind. some circles, in some circles, but, but I'm, but I'm specifically saying in the crypto NFT market. Yeah. 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 yeah you I know, get it's, it. I get it's it. definitely been left behind and I haven't gotten any pushback, you know, uh, mm-hmm. at, at all. And so it's just, it's been a forward, forward progress. Now, now crypto media is a little different in the aspect of you have so many companies with so much money in crypto that the media, the specific crypto media, mm-hmm. they're looking to get paid at anything they can. Oh, so sure. they're they're fearless in like, oh yeah, you need to pay us this amount if you want to do this. And they're not all like that, but certainly there's a percentage. And so you mm-hmm. pick and choose what media you deal with. Because at the end of the day, they also know, well, if we're going to get an interview with X, you know, whoever it is, and they're not going to pay, but we want them because we want the SEO and right. we want the traffic. Well, right. we're going to have to suck it up and do that interview and not get paid for it. So there's a battle in that regard. When it eh, comes you to get paid or you get them. paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's been really interesting in that regard. Yeah. So what's your opinion of publicity in the age of social media? Uh, it's an important aspect. I mean, you know, um, you know, there's been plenty of articles written about how a celebrity can now just deal with media and deal with their fan base, you know, directly through social yes. media, which is fine. But you, but there's only so many hours in the day, and just like you need a manager and an agent and whatever else in your corner, you still need someone in the publicity marketing end because you're your focus is on what it is you're doing, what makes you famous. Mm-hmm. My focus is on putting, putting, aligning the stars and the people to help guide you and your brand to get the attention that you do want yeah. and to try and avoid the attention that you don't want. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I just, social media is a tool for me, you know, um, uh, for me, when it comes to like my Twitter, for example, you know, I'm constantly tweeting out articles that I find interesting and mix and and also tweeting out articles about my clients, sending them to them, to their Twitter accounts. So they retweet them and just trying to see what takes off and could potentially go viral. Mm -hmm. So um, nothing's changed in that regard. Um, I have clients that do very well in different social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snap, and everything of the the ilk. So, I mean, and then you have sort of the content creating companies that are almost an extended version of social media, albeit paid. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, they kind of all bleed together in one way or another, whether it's, you know, straight up publicity and media who are also advantageous on social media, um, the content creating, there's a lot of bleeding together. So sure. I don't look at one pushing or pulling the other as much as they all sort of exist in the space and you handle them accordingly. Got it. So what are the industry's publicity needs in the age of content creator platforms? Well, someone's got to, you know, if you're a starlet and you have an OnlyFans and you want the world to know about it, you can yell and scream as much as you want, or you could be as SEO savvy as you could be, but you still need help in the outreach. And that's where someone like myself comes in. So it's just taking advantage of media that will write about, you know, my clients and if they've got a story to tell or something interesting to say. So it's, um, you know, every, you know, you, whatever it is you have to promote, you need help in promotion. And there's some people that are incredible. You know, I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine who's uh, doing a ton of different things and is media trained, is media savvy, is getting herself media. And she's not an adult star per se. She's more of a, you know, sexologist, therapist of, of the ilk. And she's mm-hmm. doing incredibly well on her own. But she's got the time to do that. There's the, you know, if she blows up and becomes incredibly successful and 
for lack of a better word, famous, more famous, then she's not going to have time and she's going to need someone to help be in her corner and, and go through things because there's sort of levels of publicity based on who the person is and how well known they are. So, um, the, you know, it's important that when you, whoever you are and whatever it is you do, you only have 24 hours in a day. And you have to make take advantage and make the most out of them. Sure. So if you're doing work that is taking away from something else that potentially makes you money, you need to question why you're doing that. So, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it's very important that you, as who you are, whatever business you're in, uh, acknowledges that and make sure you're not lo- you're not giving time away for money. Oh, yeah. And, you know... <laughs> I mean, all the things that we do, uh, you know, primarily the website brokering, but also marketing, general consulting, these are things that people either don't have the expertise for, and in your case, publicity, obviously, they either don't have the expertise for, or if they, if they were able to do it themselves, they would take away from their primary form of making money. And the question is, does it make any sense? And I think you and I both know the answer. No, it doesn't. And there's also the thing of, you know, you don't want to be a, a jack of many trades. You want to be the best of one trade. Yes. Potentially. So, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and every day is different, you know, for 28 years, almost mm-hmm. 29. Every day is different. He started you know? when he was 10, by the way, just to let Thank everybody you. know. Exactly. Yes. I mean, right out the womb. But it's important that people understand, you know, I, you and I have met people in our lives that try to do a little bit of everything and sort of take pride in that <laughs> and ultimately are good at nothing. Exactly. And, exactly. And I'm just not, you know, when I figured out what I wanted to do, which I did figure out, you know, fairly early, I, mm-hmm. I just was like, all right, we're going to take this trade on and, and go full bore and see where this goes. But, yeah. uh, you know, once I was locked in, that was it. And I just knew, you know, to climb the ladder and go. So, um, yeah. I just think, you know, it's really important and and not everyone has that ability. I I think finding what you want to be in life and what you want to do is incredibly, can be incredibly challenging. And I just got incredibly lucky. So, um, but I knew once I had it and once I developed mentors and started working for people that, okay, I like, I like impressing. I like living up to the standards set by those before me who, with whom I learned from. So it was important mm-hmm. to, um, to, to, you know, it's not just about for me and these people don't even know I have that sort of mentality, but it's for the, you want to, you want to impress upon those that have given you the opportunity. Absolutely. And you know, look, you're damn good at what you do and that's why I recommend you. you. So I appreciate it. Oh, not a problem. Well, you know that. Um, and, and, and being on this podcast is is uh, in in its own way an endorsement. So, uh, and you've been on twice. So, yeah, well, I um, feel very special. Well, you are special, Brian. <laughs> I'm sure your mother told you that many times. <laughs> exactly. um, so, um, how does um, uh, talk about how public relations coexists with SEO? It's almost, you know, uh, it's almost something I'm asking for, for a friend who's me right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just verbiage, right? It's like picking mm-hmm. the right words. You know, it's, you know, it's one thing that I am in no way an expert on, but I just try to, you know, speak to people like you and people, others uh, of the sort that understand SEO more than I do. Um, and, and figure you out, bet. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's the trick SEO, right? It's very, yeah. it's, it's, there's constant moving the goalposts, right? Yes. Like at the end of the day by very powerful companies. Yes. So you do your best and then it hope the goalposts don't get moved. Right. You know, at this rate or, or taken down completely. Yeah. So, um, the relationship to me is just getting the right words out within, you know, within your brand, excuse me, and, and trying to accomplish that. But I'll, I'll tell you, I don't focus on it. I don't know if I don't focus on it as much as I should, or I just hmm. don't focus on it because I've got so much going on yeah. in the aspect of I'm trying to accomplish the media presence for my clients mm-hmm. that can then ultimately turn into quality SEO. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. those are the, the, the challenges of SEO 
are certainly and and you know i read on the same boards that you do what the, mm-hmm. the what people go through so right i wish i wish there was i don't think there's a golden answer i really don't and there yeah. isn't a golden answer because the goalposts keep getting yeah moved. yeah and it's not fair especially to this business well and but but industry. i mean content in itself produces seo Mm-hmm. Even so without, yeah, so, even with even without trying, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the whole thing. I'm just trying to produce content, right? I'm just trying to keep keep things interesting and keep conversations out there and keep things going, so that my clients potentially see the SEO that they're looking for. Yeah. So Got I, it. for you know, ultimately, I stay in my lane, do my job, and hope that that correlates to accomplishing the seo that is necessary for my clientele i wish yeah. and again i i wish i had some great answer but i just think that is the answer right now and you just try and stay on top of it yeah you know there seems to be a new content creator platform launched just about every day mm-hmm. um it, how how can they all be successful or can they they can't. So uh, it's it's really how the backbone of the company and the business is that will decide how well the platform's going to do. And the competition is so brutal. And yeah. companies that are light years ahead uh, are, are, are obviously, you know, in better places than newer ones. But sure. certainly there were ones that launched uh, earlier, you know, in the end of summer uh, in August around what happened with OnlyFans that have seen success and have seen opportunity and, yeah. and are hopefully doing the right things to to grow. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's no different than growing any other business. You got to grow your customers. You got to take care of your customers. You got to take care of all the people involved and on both sides of it, the creators and, and the customers and, you know, make sure the transactions are fluid and make sure the business is running smoothly. And if all that's happening, you've got a good chance to succeed. But the right. space is definitely competitive. But that's no different. I mean, in early two thousands, how many? There were thirty Gonzo porn companies. <laughs> you know, so I mean, uh, something becomes an opportunity. People flood to it, right. and there's a survival of the fittest. Yeah, it's kind of uh, using a, using another baseball parallel. Build it, and they will come. Um, it's happened with, as you said, with pay sites, with certain niches of pay sites, God, it's happened with cams. It continues to happen with cams and now it's happening with clip and fan sites. Mm -hmm. And, and, And there's, and there's, and these companies are like, oh, well, I'll open this and I'll get rich. Yeah. Um, they see opportunity, but, uh, the companies that are going to last are the ones that do the basics, right? Sure. At the end of the day. So there's no. Uh, there's no more than that as far as like what's going to differentiate and obviously companies that had a head start and took advantage are, are going to be well. And usually there's one company, you know, we only fans is on the tip of the tongue of, of every, any and everyone. So, yeah. you know, uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens. I don't, you know, only, only frankly one or two people know as far as what those, what that company will ultimately decide, but right. the other companies will, you know, see opportunity and, and take advantage of it, uh, as much as possible, Yeah. you know, and, and there's creativity, there's marketing, there's publicity, there's sales, there's everything that goes into it. But again, we, you know, for me, early two thousands, I had a ton of gonzo, you know, adult companies, uh, then there were pay sites, then there were campsites. Now there's content. So, and, and all the while there were still production companies, right? right. You know, you still, you know, the product production companies I work with are doing incredibly well. Yeah. Saw incredible growth through the pandemic and have continued. So, I mean, you know, the, the need for content isn't going away. No. How it's being delivered is in a constant change. Yes. And those that are able to deliver a quality product to it, to the consumer in an easy and, you know, profitable way, uh, are going to be ahead of the others. Now you, you do work with a lot of, uh, a lot of studios. Um, and this is a good question for you. The, the content, uh, platforms certainly have taken a lot of the talent away from the studios. A lot of them, the performers don't want to work for a studio now when they can make hundred thousand dollars a month, say with, with an only fans or, or another similar, um, platform. Um, yeah, but, talk about that challenge. Well, actually the, the, the talent that are really smart, look at the studio in a whole different way. So I'm, 
talent X, I have my only fans. Mm-hmm. I can only have so much reach. Right. But if I go and shoot a scene with a large production company that has the reach of millions and puts my name out there and now I'm branded mm-hmm. with said company, I can use that to my advantage. So what yes. talent are doing, the smarter talent, they're not looking at working with the companies as like this make it or break it moneymaker. They're looking at it as an opportunity to expand their brand and to increase their fan base and to ultimately bring that fan base to introduce them to their content Mm. platforms. And the smarter talent, the more savvy talent are doing that. And that's what you're saying. The smarter smarter ones are, the more more astute ones are, but aren't the studios still losing people? No, I don't think so. I haven't really. I have not not I don't know one producer director in the circle that I work with that has had any problem with finding talent or any any notion of losing them. Absolutely. Interesting. Not. Interesting. Because because the talent if how are they going to reach their audience? Yeah. You can only reach it through, you know, so much through your social yeah. and through your content platforms. Oh, well, especially if, you shoot, if you're new, yeah. Yeah, but if you shoot with a company that's content is seen around the world and is one of the largest names in adult production, then you're going to garner a larger fan base. And that's just sure. knowing how to brand yourself yeah. and knowing what type of scenes to shoot yeah. and knowing who to work with and knowing well, who you want to produce and direct you. So it's become a, it's a totally different mindset than what it was before. And, and there's plenty of male, female, trans, uh, LB, you know, all, all, all facets mm. that are going into production companies, working with them, and both parties have taken advantage of the other. You know, it's mm. not like one's, you know, both, you know, they both look at it and go, this is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to say taking advantage, but as much as well, looking at opportunity with each right, other. Right, right. You know, yeah, the, I the company the company shoots with a talent who's got a million followers. Well, she's going to let them know that she shot with that company and the talent who is shot with the production company. One of the most famous in the world is going to let, you know, is going to let that company promote the hell out of whatever the scene is or whatever. And everybody wins. So absolutely. You win. If you're smart, you're win. If you're savvy, (laughs) you win. If you've got some business efficacy and you know what you're doing. You know, so no, I haven't, what you're bringing up is absolutely nothing what I've seen. Everyone's, and that goes back to what my original statement of like, if you're in this business and you're doing what you should be doing, you should be doing well. Yeah. And now you, you mentioned that with the industry, obviously getting a boost from the pandemic. So how do you think people in our industry can continue to thrive after the pandemic? Well, I mean, you got to you got to do what you do best, and that's up to the person, the company, and so on. So, if you know what you can do best at, you got to stick with it, you know. And you and I, listen, we can go back to sports. Everything mm-hmm. always goes back to sports, of course. But if you've got a consistent, if you're if you are known, and you've got a bat, and 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 you hit oppo, and and you know how to work against the shift, then you're going to be in that lineup. Or if you're Chris Taylor, and you just consistently get up there and can muscle the ball. And, and, and you get to go to the Giants, and and hopefully never ever wear <laughs> orange and black. Yeah, uh, you know you'll you know you'll you'll find success. So in this industry, we we got we had sort of a rocket boost out of the pandemic. It's not going away. Yeah, it's it's sure as hell is not going away. Yeah. So it's just a matter of you know maintaining that growth or being smart when that growth happened. Mm-hmm. You know, if you you know, I, I didn't find too many companies going willy-nilly spending going crazy because they saw a lot of money coming in i just saw them building up you know their reservoir for knowing that hey this isn't going to last forever but if i want to keep this company steady and healthy uh you know plan accordingly so we're gonna well the number you know the pandemic is obviously once in a lifetime you know once every 118 years Mm -hmm. so i mean you know this is uh this is definitely um and it was an opportunity that businesses were able to take advantage of and then hopefully sustain as, as we, you know, get out of it. Sure. So the industry has obviously undergone a lot of changes in the last few years or even the last few months. How has their publicity needs changed with it? I don't think it's changed. I just think whether they've needed more or less. So, I mean, if it's, you know, if you're a startup or something new and you, you really need the outreach, then you need that more aggressive push. If you're doing fine, but you just need, you know, um, someone to help maintain. And then also, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, um, 
crisis PR, there's, there's always challenges and there's always something around the corner that you're going to get the call. I get the call at midnight from someone in <laughs> wherever they are that says we got a problem. Yeah. So, you know, it's having someone that has the experience with that and know the know-how and bring, you know, is, is, is reachable and isn't afraid and can handle those, you know, types of the occurrences that are going to happen. It's yeah. not if, but when it's like a motorcyclist there. It's not, it, it's not, if you're going to fall off the bike and get an accident, it's when you're going to fall off. So that's why I don't ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Next two of us. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, 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 it, it differentiates to the company and the person as to what their publicity needs are. But sure. you know, if you're trying to grow your brand, it's definitely an aspect, an important aspect of marketing. Okay, let's say someone doesn't, they're new or, you know, they're small and they don't have a budget to hire people. How should they be handling social media and publicity if they try to do it themselves? Well, they should educate themselves and there's plenty of resources for that. I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but certainly the the almighty power of Google will give you some great resources. <laughs> um, and then you just got to learn. It's with any business though, right? You got to educate yourself. So if you're getting into this and you're not educating yourself, I'm going to ask you to kindly and politely leave because mm-hmm. uh, don't waste our time. Don't waste the time of people that have put in the blood, sweat, and tears. Don't don't look at our industry as just like, oh, I could be a barista or I could go take my clothes off. Take this thing seriously. Yeah. I work with people that take it seriously. So you you need to educate yourself. And once you have that going and once you figure yourself out, figure out your brand, figure out your uh, your your fan base figure out the consumer that that is most interested in you figure out how you're raising capital you know then you, you know then you then you've got some business savvy right. but i have no appreciation for people that especially with this industry that come in and just think they're going to you know their shit doesn't stink and they're going to be famous tomorrow yeah and, and it also I, I've got no room for that it also helps to do your research before contacting a company like you right yeah i have to if you know i i People, I've always said people either understand what they what I do or they have no clue what I do, yeah. and I've dealt with both. So you know, <laughs> I obviously prefer one over the other. So it's uh, it's important that you're doing. You know, if you're going to write, if you're sending me money, I'm like college education. You you, you know, it's expensive, and I'm going to try and give you the best education you can. But if you're not going to read the books, this is all going to go to waste, and that's not my problem. That's your problem. Yeah. Very true. Okay. So before we go today, do you have any more questions for me? Oh my goodness. Um, uh, let's see. So you guys somehow have the most coaches of any team in major league baseball. Oh, we're back to the giants. Yes. Yes. We and do. so, so what, so is that going to, are you going to maintain that? Is that going to change? Mm-hmm. Is baseball, are other teams going to pick up on that? Yes. In the aspect of what they saw the giants do this last season. Absolutely. You know, I think Brian, that people, the giants were such an unexpected phenomenon this year. I mean, they were predicted, by all the experts to win 74 games and they won 107. Um, It was the turnaround was just incredible. So teams will look at that and they're going to pick apart everything we do. And for first off, they're going to try to steal some of our people, of course, just like that always happens. I mean, we, we stole Farhan Zaidi from you guys, your general yep. manager, to run our baseball operation. And that has a lot to do with what's going on now with the Giants. Uh, I'll give the Dodgers credit for that. I'll give Farhan more credit because of his training with both Oakland and Los Angeles. Um, but I mean, yeah, we got 14 coaches and yeah. there will be a coach, an assistant coach, and an, an assistant's assistant for a lot of things. Um, we also, it wasn't just the number of coaches. If you look at the experience level, quote unquote experience level, the experience was not that high. We've got one young lady who, uh, had worked in the front office on a couple of levels, but more than anything else, she was, uh, she was a college uh, softball player. Hmm. Um, and she's a coach, um, Alyssa Necken. And that's opened the door for some women, which I think is fabulous. Yeah, of um, course. And I, I think that there's going to be more got people coming in from the college level, more people coming in who never played Major League Baseball, which is the case. I don't think our bench coach ever played Major League Baseball, um, mm-hmm. which is unheard of. So yeah. I, I think it's like 
thinking outside the box. And Ed, you know, I mean, Gabe Kapler was with the Dodgers. You know a lot about Gabe Kapler, our manager. He thinks differently. And I I think that that's what a lot of teams are going to try to do. Will they replicate the success? In most cases, that doesn't happen because you try to copy. (laughs) Well, the interesting thing about the National League to me is when you look at the landscape, there's really only four teams for the next few years. Um, You can see the teams that are still going to struggle. And a lot of the struggles start at the top, the general manager and and ownership. So. The stable teams like the Giants, like the Dodgers, like uh, Atlanta, um, uh-huh. and uh, are are really going to be sticking around for a while. And, and you've always got the Cardinals, but then the Cardinals go ahead and they fire their coach. So I mean, oh, that was stupid firing you know, their manager. Padres are just going to turn around and hire him now. Yeah, and 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 but then you have these organizations that that falter. I mean, the NL West has three teams that just can't keep it together. Uh, the Central has two teams that are always, a, you know, seem to fall on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the East is, is, you know, pretty much a, a joke outside of one team. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a very interesting landscape where watch out for Miami, by the way, I, I'd love to, but I've actually been to that stadium twice. And I think it's, I mean, l- mm-hmm. let's not upset uh, the Miami sports base because they get enough crap, but uh <laughs> I don't, uh, you know, the funny thing about Derek Jeter running that team is he's literally now taken the entire state of Florida and made it the Yankees training ground. So <laughs> at any point, if someone becomes really good, he mm-hmm. gets a phone call and all Try of a sudden it. they're in pinstripes. So oh, it's, it's one thing when it was Tampa where the minor league is, Jeter goes around Miami and oh, there goes Stanton to, to put on pinstripes, you know, so. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hysterical in that manner. I give, I give no chance to to that organization okay. based on specifically who's running it okay. and who his loyalty is. He okay. gets paid in Miami, but don't tell me his loyalty is to the Bronx. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Right. We'll yeah. have this conference. When do you think? So you're saying Miami will be a playoff team when? Within two years. Okay. Let's let's mark this. Put a little note down. And, uh-huh. and I will tell you, there is no chance Miami makes a playoff in two years. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> that's a, that's Sounds a good one. Good. And it's a team that you and I could care less about, by the way. Oh, yeah. I can, I can, really, <laughs> I can really give a shit, quite frankly. Okay, so, Brian. Well, hey, uh, I'd like to thank you again for being our guest. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank I'm you Adult Site Broker Talk, and I know we'll get a chance to do it again soon. Sounds good. My broker tip today is part five of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. When you decide to sell your website, make sure you have the following information available for potential buyers. Detailed information about your company, your website, and any other aspect of your operation that the potential buyers may want to find out about. This should include, for a pay site, a detailed inventory of your content, number of images, and number of videos. How much of it is exclusive and how much is non-exclusive? Financial information for at least the last three years if your company is that old. This should include sales reports, profit and loss statements, and billing reports. Get all the information organized in a legible format that a good broker can use to sell your property. If you decide to sell it yourself, organize a list of potential buyers and start the process of contacting them. Be realistic about what your company is worth. In today's market, the kiss of death is overpricing your property. Is there anything a potential buyer needs to know, such as, are you being sued? Do you have any substantial debts or anything else? Don't let these things be a surprise to the potential buyer. They'll either find out before the sale and not buy, or they'll find out after the sale and you'll have another lawsuit on your hands. Disclose everything. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with attendees of the TES Affiliate Conference happening this week in Sitges, Spain. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Brian Gross of BSG Public Relations. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>